Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have another fantastic conversation for all of you listeners today as I am joined by former Cal and Baylor Bear and winner of the men's singles title in week two of the 2023 USTA SoCal Pro Series. Of course, I'm referring to our dear friend, Jacob Brum, who joins us once again, not only to discuss his run to the title at the University of San Diego, but to offer his reflections from his first year out on the pro tour. We ask Jake what it's like to be on the road that often, how that affects the level of tennis he plays week in, week out, how winning the title at the University of San Diego impacts his scheduling moving forward. Got to give a shout out, as always, to Jacob Brum. He's always candid, and we appreciate that fact. It's why we always enjoy having him here on these shows. Uh, Again, it's a fantastic conversation that I am certain all of you Cracked Rackets listeners are going to enjoy, of course. If, though, you're looking for other content, Halfway Mark Award shows, you want to hear reflections from the first six months of ATP WTA tennis, you can do so by heading over to our Great Shot podcast feed. You'll also find our 2023 College Tennis Award show there. You're looking for updates on week two of the grass court season. The mini break podcast is for you. All that content, of course, available on our website, CrackRackets.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That said, you came here to hear an interview, and the reason you're able to do that is because of the support we get from our friends at Turna. If you haven't already, try out the latest iteration of the Turna Grip. It's called Turna Tough. It's more durable. It gets tackier when wet. It retains that iconic trademark blue color. It's the best in the business. So whenever you're shopping for grips, make sure you buy the new Turna Tough today. We're so grateful for their support. The least we can ask you to do is support them as well. You can contact them if you'd like to get involved with the Turner team by emailing sales at uniquesports.com today. A shout out to our friends at Turna for their continued support of this podcast. With that said, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the one and only Jacob Brum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Cracked Interviews podcast, a man you all know best as the world number 691, a man who captured his first pro singles title at the University of San Diego a couple of weeks ago. Welcome back onto our show, Jacob Brum. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's uh, just got better seeing you, so... (laughs) I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, buttering me up is always a good move to start this podcast. And I'll return it right back on you. You capture your first title. Let's start with the big news to not only have that milestone accomplished, but to do it at the University of San Diego in front of, you know, a home crowd. What did that mean to you? What was that experience like? Yeah, it's uh, having time to reflect on it now. uh, It's definitely 
like sunk in and it's more even more special than in the moment um you know it's just it's just so many years in the making like from when I you're a little boy and and then I remember in middle school or or so when I learned about futures and stuff I always thought man if someone ever wins you know a pro title even if it's a futures then I mean they're like you know obviously really really good and and um you know i've sort of made it i feel you know at that time i thought that and you know so it's just so many years in the making and to do it in front of you know my family and friends and stuff it's just couldn't have been better yeah it was awesome to watch you could see the emotion on your face obviously after the match i'm curious you play a bunch of three setters throughout the course of your run to the title what of the matches which of them i should say sticks out most to you well, each one was so different. All of those three setters, uh, I would say, like the just the pure toughest battle was the Zverts one in the semis. I mean, that was just a ridiculous match. But um, all of them were just so different. Uh, all of them, I lost the first sets though, mm-hmm. and so I didn't start the matches playing well by any means. But I just um, you know, fought and stayed in it. And that gave myself a chance to find a better level, you know, and, uh, the second sets were all close. And then by the third sets, I was playing better tennis. So, Mm -hmm. and you, you talk about this title being, you know, a lifetime in the making in your lifetime for what it's worth. You know, you've now been on the pro circuit for a full year. And I'm just curious if, if a year later it's easier for you to manage those matches, manage those first set deficits now, you know, in what ways have you seen yourself improve over this first year? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I feel like now, after a year in, um, each week's not as like sort of important and has like the the huge weight that at the beginning it it, it did because you sort of know like there is there is next week and and stuff but then still like before the matches you, you know I'm still getting the normal butterflies you know regardless of how many matches I play and such but just I I do feel more experienced now um, and. Uh, you know, I don't don't fear anyone like in these draws. You know what I mean now, and uh, it's just totally different. A year ago, I had I d- had no points coming out of college and stuff, and in all of these, I was in the these San Diego ones. I was in the qualies having to qualify, and you know, a year later, so it's just a totally different situation and confidence and mindset. So. No, you talk about that's so interesting to hear because obviously for Cracked Rackets fans to hear some of the names you face, the Zverts and the Jack Anthrops and the Seb Gorsnies, I mean, those are all guys who a year younger than you or a few years younger than you and still guys playing at the collegiate level. Is it a little different as a mental approach now? Like, do you look at, you know, you're looking at them maybe a year later a little different than you would have a year ago? You're saying like those guys? Yeah, like just those college guys. Again, because you're seeing so many yeah. familiar faces in this SoCal circuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, it is a little strange like now being out of college though and, and playing these. And uh, um, 
and I don't know from their end, like, I don't know if it makes a difference. Like if I was in college versus me being a full-time pro, you know what I mean? Like that would be interesting to, to, to know also, but like, man, I hear, I mean, like that, like Anthrop and Gorzny and uh, Zevert's actually like competed against he's cause we're, we're both 24. So like we were, he's only a year below me, but like those other guys, you know, I obviously heard of them throughout this last year in college and I would see them in the lineups. Then when Baylor played them, you know, and stuff, I would see how they did. And, um, so, you know, like they're sort of on the radar, but, um, you know, I think that there's no, um, like, uh, prestige that they have, or, you know, there's no, like, um, you know, like, um, there's no fear like whatsoever, even though they play for Ohio state TC, you know what I mean? Um, No, but, I, uh, no, yeah. I, I totally get that. And, you know, again, you mentioned these events in San Diego. I know through your first year, you've kept it pretty North America centric, but, you know, you've gone to Canada and Mexico and I think a little bit Central America, if not downright South America. What's it like to have this USTA SoCal Pro Circuit to have, you know, seven events consecutively all in your hometown? How, how helpful is that for you? Yeah, it's it's uh really nice. The most the most uh helpful thing and uh is obviously being able to stay at home and come back home after all these matches and you know, hit the jacuzzi, the pool and stuff and like, you know, um and uh have a refrigerator full of food and stuff and, and just being able to chill out. I mean, that's honestly like I mean, I would say that that was probably an advantage, you know, in all in that week and in, in, in these tournaments. And uh, then also on top of it, having like my coaches being able to like come to the matches is I, I don't I never travel with anyone. And uh, and then all on top of that, then having, you know, family, friends and stuff come. And it's like I have, uh, you know, so many people supporting me compared to the other guys or, you know don't and so it's it's definitely um you know fun and relaxing but also i think a a little advantage yeah and it's interesting to hear you say that because i had a moment earlier this year not to compare what we're doing but i was on the road for six out of seven weeks and one of the six weeks this is so stupid but five of the six weeks the hotel bed was facing the right direction like the same direction one of the weeks I was in Chicago for the men's indoors, the hotel bed was facing the other direction. And I woke up on that Friday night and I was like, where am I? Like, this is not my bed. This is not where I should be. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. you're in Chicago. It's just a new direction. You're fine. Is that what happens life on the road as a pro? Like, have you woken up in an Ithaca or like in a Cancun? And you're like, wait a second, where am I tonight? Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's times where like, you wake up and then you have to like, before you go to the bathroom, you know, you have to reassess like the route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's definitely, that's definitely, a, that's, that's definitely a real thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just this, it's, it's crazy, man. It's uh, the, the travel and the new places every week. It's, 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 it's tough and, and figuring out how many weeks you can go like that in a row and stuff. I mean, it's, it's tough. Cause in theory you can play almost every week, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky, man, especially if it's alone, if you're doing it, if you're doing it alone, like 
the the traveling part is one of the tougher parts i would say of the tour so Mm -hmm. well i'm curious what you know what have you found to be your strike zone is it three weeks is it four weeks through this first year what's worked best for you well to be honest what's i don't even think i've found i think i think in theory, what now with like my new ranking and 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 uh, I be able to choose the tournaments I play kind of more. So I th- what we're gonna try to do is like three weeks on on one week off, more like that. But up until now, um, really, it's been my breaks in the schedule have usually been out of my control. Meaning I'm playing a ton of events and the breaks that I'm taking are because I get injured or I get sick or something. You know what I mean? So, like, I've honestly, this year, I've just been trying to play as many tournaments and give myself shots, as many shots as possible. And, you know, it's hard It's hard to take weeks off if you're, you know, uh, you know, just under 1,000 ATP. You know what I mean? And you're, you, you're looking for that, like, breakout week, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. To be top 700. So, I mean, we talked about the title. I guess we're going full circle here in this conversation, what that meant to you. But to now be top 700, to your point, 25K. Hey, I could probably get into the main draw of that on my ranking or, you know, certainly 15Ks. God, I might be seated. Is there a moment over the past week when you're doing that new scheduling, when you're just looking at your coach and you're like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, it's just like, finally, I mean, did you feel that sense of relief? Yeah, I mean, so basically the day after the tournament, um, I was talking with my coach about the the next because the next week I was signed up for South Bend, Indiana, mm-hmm. and um, that would have been a trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I was signed up for South Bend because I actually didn't find out about this Indian Wells wild card until the middle of the USD week. Okay. So I actually, I actually had no idea. So I, I was thinking, oh, going to South Bend, you know, isn't too bad compared to LA, you know. But then, yeah. um, but basically, after the day after that USD tournament, uh, my coach calls me up and tells me like, um, you're not, you're not going to South Bend, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was like, why? Because I was like, in the middle of last week, like you were pro South Bend and stuff. <laughs> and he was like, he's like are you dumb? Like, uh, he said, he said, you know, what's changed. And I'm like, what? He's like, you've won a futures now. Like you're not, you're not going to, you know, weird weeks on weeks, you know, one trip to South Bend and stuff, you know? And so, um, that was when I was like, you know, like, okay. And I hear it now. And, And then that's when he explained to me the, uh, the scheduling kind of going forward and stuff. And then, you know, um yeah it's just it's just crazy man i i was like i was like eight in the 800s before that week and now i'm in the 600s so it's like you know i skipped the whole 700 you know (laughs) range uh it is it is it's crazy man it's crazy yeah 700s will miss you on behalf of those of us who will never make it past the 700s we'll uh yeah well we look forward to seeing you again in 15 years um but no i mean that's a good point. Uh, I didn't think about that either until I saw the tweet with the standings. There's an Indian Wells, uh, you know, qualifying wild card on the line in this USTA SoCal Pro Series, and 
Dare I should have I should have worked this into your intro. The current USTA SoCal Pro Series wildcard leader, Jacob Brum, does that I mean it's interesting because I do wonder a flight and a week in South Bend, even if you're driving to LA, it's like, well, cost wise, South Bend is just not LA. So you're going to save some money there, but now you have to stay and play the rest of these SoCal events, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, these these, uh, last three, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to train hard the rest of this week and then I'm going to literally just leave everything out on these last three. It didn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if I was in a challenger somewhere, I would probably stay and play these just to like, you know, write it out. So, well, that makes what I have to say tough because as from Bloomfield Hills, I was going to offer you a wild card into the Bloomfield Hills challenger, but I guess I'll keep that (laughs) in the back pocket now uh, for the rest of the time. Yeah, just to add to the troubles. But, you know, again, in talking about training hard and having your coaches around you, obviously, this week, are are you basing yourself out of Southern California right now? Where are you training out of? Yeah. Um, so like last year, especially in the fall, when there were a lot of futures and sort of te- the Texas and middle America area uh, in between tournaments, I would go back to Waco uh, a good bit because my girlfriend was there and then uh, obviously Woodson and Isaac and all the uh, all the guys and stuff. So uh, I was going back there probably more than I was at home. But um, but now, yeah, I mean, I have uh, a coach here that I've worked with since I was, you know, 11 or 12. Um, and then I have another coach that was the volunteer at Berkeley when I was there. And he's, he's helped me, you know, these last, you know, four years or whatever. And then, and then obviously I have uh, Michael Woodson too. So those are really the three major players in my, in my tennis. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm basing here out of San Diego and uh, it's uh, not a bad place to, you know, to be out of so no not at all how nice is it to have that dare i say satellite campus available in waco to go down to and have a group of guys ready to hit with that's got to be delightful man it's it's great it's uh i'm just so glad and thankful that you know coach woodson is still still welcoming me with open arms and he we, we talk after every single uh match i play every single match we talk and stuff so he's he's a uh, is really special. Yeah, it's incredible. He will respond to your text and like, I know he doesn't ignore his family, like his daughters, his wife. That's a huge part of his life. And it's like, but don't worry, he'll respond to your text whenever you need him. And yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, listeners won't be able to see it. You're rocking the Baylor gear now. Obviously, you had a couple of choices, I'm sure, to choose from. Is that the one year out? Is that the thing you miss most? The shoes, the shorts, the not having to do the laundry? Uh... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was like by the end in five years of college tennis, man, I've like I'm sort of like geared out, you know, like I have (laughs) I have have a walk in closet here (laughs) in my room that you can't actually even walk into. It just has (laughs) so many clothes in it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's a man, I just miss miss it, miss everything, man, Miss, miss everything. So. No, I I can imagine. Well, in that, you know, again, first year out, what have you seen as the biggest jumps in your game? What What's improved the most first year of pro tennis? And what have you had to improve maybe by necessity? <clears throat> well, I mean, everything has, has improved. I mean, you know, but huge, 
he, the biggest jumps have been in my serve and my ability to like move forward, uh, you know, in the court. And really it was just, um, like my, my coaches are just all so good. And we, we had a, you know, a plan of, okay, so what does my game need to look like to win a futures? What then what does my game look like, you know, to be in challengers and then above and so forth. And like, really this last, like last summer, I was nowhere near ready to win a futures. My game was uh, like the amount of work we had to put in, like specifically on improving really specific things some it was crazy so we just we just like methodically we had such a um good vision and 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 plan and it honestly so far has been has been a uh, you know we've been hitting those uh those goals and targets so it's really was really being more aggressive moving forward more uh if you're behind the baseline i'm still never missing if I'm if my feet are on or inside the baseline, you know I'm attacking, coming in, and then building up uh, as good of a serve at five ten that you can have. So that's really the yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. And let the record show ATP website gives you the extra inch, lifts you at five eleven. I was like, I like yeah. that. I was like, that's a that's just good PR. Like, give that man a raise. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's interesting. Like, I guess adjusting from because you mentioned the five years of college tennis, whether at Cal, Baylor, you saw the best of the best. You saw a little bit of every level. How much of it and is it an adjustment in level or mindset more? Because it really sounds like the biggest difference is, t- you know, again, forcing yourself to be aggressive, not necessarily learning a new skill set. You know, what is the bigger adjustment from college to the pros from the tennis perspective? Is it the level? Is it, you know, mental? I'm sure it's a little of both. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's so much level because you see guys in college always do well, you know, in futures throughout their college. I mean, I think like the, the Anthrop I played in the finals, right? I mean, he was, he was like a freshman this last year, right? And played, played six. six. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's like, and he beat very good guys. He beat Keegan Smith. He beat that Jamie Floyd Ainhell. So like, you know, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a level. I think that it's just, uh, um, you know, having to play many weeks on end and 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 staying not not getting sort of burnt out and because you have to just the way that the rankings work and stuff you have to play a lot of events and you can't pick whichever week is going to be sort of your week you know what i mean like you can you know you might have to play 10 futures to like final or win you know you might have to play whatever so i think that uh you obviously need a baseline level and but i think if you're playing at the high end of college tennis you have that level and then you just have to put in the put in the weeks, basically. Mm-hmm. Does it surprise you? Because you had a firsthand perspective to seeing it. And look, Shelton's the extreme. And if you're 6'5", whatever he is, a lefty with that serve, there's a place for you in the top 100. But it's not just him. It's guys like, you know, again, Kovacevic and Hijikata and 
you know, all these, you know, uh, you can keep look, working your way up and down the list. There are guys in now the top 125, top 150, obviously top 100 that were all playing college tennis within the past five years. You saw it firsthand. Did it feel like it was top 100 level at the time? Does it surprise you to see so many guys have so much success so early? Uh, man, I think that, uh, I think that winning the like individuals, like I think that the individuals NCAAs tournament is such a ridiculously tough tournament Mm -hmm. that, uh, obviously it's like above any futures, uh, you know, in the world it's, you know, it's basically a full on challenger, but maybe even tougher because there's more rounds and stuff, you know? So like, I think that, uh. Uh, the highest end of college tennis, if you look at the NCAA individuals, it's ridiculously, ridiculously good tennis. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not surprised. Like, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Who's the best guy you saw during your time in college? Just curious, was there ever a guy who you're like, yeah, that guy's going to be a pro? Like, for sure. Adrian aside. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say Adrian just because he already has too big of a, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't need another person. I mean, yeah. Gassing him up. Yeah. yeah again. Uh, I don't know. Well, let's go, let's go through it. My freshman year at Berkeley, um, who were we running into? We run like, um, Stanford had Fawcett and Geller. I thought, you know, Geller was pretty good at the time. Um, we played. Did you get Yannick Hanfman, or was he a little before? He's a little before. No, you. he was. He was before. Yeah. He was yeah. before. Um, maybe I don't know. Like so I you think got Kukerman and those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, but like obviously that the Wake team that year with Gojo and Petros, but we never played them, you know. So I never got to see them in person. But like, what about Cressy in person? Because you definitely got to see him once. Well, or twice. yeah, but so but so he was he was playing line um, five my freshman year. Yeah, and uh, obviously I don't, you know, he's he's unbelievable what he's done, but you know all respect to him. No one saw it coming. You know what I mean? So I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't like impressed with him, you know, at the time, you know, he had a great serve, but then my sophomore year, I think then he was back, he was up to one and, you know, he was obviously filthy then, you know? Um, but, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, a lot of good guys. That's that's the thing. It's it's crazy. Yeah, you're right. You see like a Styler or a Quinn hit a forehand, and you're like, yeah, those guys could be pros if they wanted to be. And so, no, it's 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 a fun state of the game. Yeah, I, I think the college game is in a really good place. And again, that's why you see so many players like yourself having success now on the pro circuit. And you kind of alluded to it. I know the immediate future. Try and get healthy. Get to back to playing these SoCal events. With the ranking now where it is, have you started to look past, you know, this month, this summer, and what the rest of the schedule might look like this year? Yeah, I think um, I think that uh, if your if your ranking's good enough to get into, um, I mean, there's all different strategies. Some people just play Q 
keep playing 15s until, you know, if they keep winning them and then, you know, until they can play challengers. Some people always play like the tournaments that their ranking can get them into. So once the ranking's high enough to get into 25K main draws consistently, then they move up to there and stuff. Um, I'm going to, um, that's, I think, what I'm going to be trying to do. So uh, it looks like probably those like Midwest turn, uh, tournaments and, and, Illinois and stuff, you know, those are going to be obviously with it being in the middle of summer and all the college people out and stuff, those tournaments are going to be, you know, really stacked and you just have to go and just battle there and stuff. And then, uh, and then in August, there's not a lot of tournaments because of the U.S. Open. So like the, the, there's no USTA pro circuits. So I don't really know, know what's going to go on there and stuff, but that's really as far as I've, I've looked so far. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, Decatur and Edwardsville, Illinois, are a rite of passage. Until you've played those futures, you're you're not a pro. And so, yeah, I'm sure that'll be fun in the summer. Is there an abroad trip in your future? Would you ever go to Europe? I know you've played some clay. Is that something you want to do more of? Uh, I'm in the. I actually felt really comfortable on the clay in Florida and had some had some good results and good matches there, um, but. From what people tell me that the red clay apparently is is even more different than the green clay, so so I don't know if um, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, as long as there's tournaments in the U.S., man, um, and it's you're comfortable near home. But if the if the opportunity like if things make sense to go over there, you know, I would. But um, you know, yeah. I would love to do a, I mean, it's too late already. I've gone to Canada and Mexico and stuff, but I would love to be able to do a Shelton and just never leave the country, you know, <laughs> but, but whatever. And, uh, you know, another guy who, another guy who never travels internationally is, uh, Nathan Ponwith, my buddy. Yeah. He, 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 he always stays, you know, local and stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, that's I, I can't knock it. It's it's a good choice, and thankfully there are a bunch of events in the Midwest on college campuses. You mentioned the Texas swing. There will be a Florida swing, and obviously we still have the SoCal swing to go a few more weeks, and you know, looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing a healthy Jacob Brum back in action on court uh, throughout the final few weeks in L.A. And so uh, always appreciate you taking the time to chat with us obviously congratulations again on the first pro singles title very well deserved and you know always a pleasure to chat so be safe be healthy my friend and it's always nice to see you yeah thanks Alex Uh, keep doing your good work man yeah of course take it easy Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with USTA SoCal Pro Series champion, Jacob Brum. A massive thank you to him for taking the time to chat. Appreciate his candidness and reflecting on all aspects of his first year on the pro circuit. And, you know, again, discussing what the significance is of a result like this, how it can impact your life, even in the immediate moving forward. And so obviously always appreciate having him on the show. He knows he is always more than welcome to join us in the future. With that said, you're looking for more USTA SoCal Pro uh, Series coverage. You can find Championship Weekend every Saturday, Sunday, available for free on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. You want to watch some high-level tennis, folks. 
SoCal Pro Series is the place for you. It's young, up-and-coming talent, players we know and love here at Cracked Rackets, all competing for the right to be pro champions. Again, Jacob Brum wins his first title. Sarah Davatilla wins her first title. Fangran Tiens won a title. Jack Anthrop. All the runs you see across the board. It's a fun time to be a tennis fan. It's a fun time to be a fan of the USTA SoCo Pro Circuit, which uh, series, excuse me, which again you can find every Saturday, Sunday, available on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Why? Can you find it because of the tireless efforts of our super producer Daniel Westoff, who, as always, has a f- of an any job to do day in day out, making all of our content possible. A shout out to him. A shout out, of course. To our dear friends at Turner, remember to join the Turner team today. Contact sales at uniquesports.com. With all of that said, for the fantastic Jacob Brum, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.